You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, listeners. Thanks for coming back to Just Riding Along. Two quick things. One, go over to shopmbr.com. I've changed things up with the store uh, and added some options for the Just Riding Along shirt. There's 10 different colors of that logo shirt. So if you've seen it before, wanted to buy it, and it wasn't there in the tan, or you wanted a different color, go check that out, shopmbr.com. And just a reminder to continue to keep using the Amazon link. You can go to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR to find out more about that. And that's it. So enjoy this episode of Just Riding Along. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Just Riding Along, where Andrea will be starting with a rant. And, uh, well, in a moment, Andrea will be ranting. Yeah, so this guy came in the shop today and he brought his bike in and it was clean, but He'd obviously like ridden it pretty hard. Yeah, like the brake pads were worn out, the chain was worn out, and tires were worn out. And he uh, very loudly proclaimed, I washed it before I came here. I kind of debated doing that because I didn't want to bring it in clean and look like a pussy. Don't be that guy. I... I I think if you've listened to this show, you should know like how how much is wrong with with his statement and everything. And if you don't know what's wrong with his statement, build a time machine. <laughs> Go back in time and do something terrible to your father so you're never born. <laughs> Okay, that was my rant to start with. It doesn't have to go off into like a big feminist thing. I can have a I've mini. I can have I've a done mini it rant. before. Don't come to the bike shop and unbox and unfold and fuck with tires for twenty five minutes and borrow our scale and weigh <laughs> like all these different tires and be like, ah, oh, I just I just gotta think all this over after you've like taken pictures of all these different tire weights and all these different tires and all this shit. Man, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> go buy your own scale. Well, no, he'd have to buy his own scale and buy his own tires. Or research. Like, you can find those weights or, or like, uh, close to weights. Uh, he doesn't trust anyone, you know. <sighs> I hate people. Yep. Kenny, did people do anything this week that made you hate them more than usual? No. Uh, my shit was pretty easy. Yesterday was my last day at my current shop. Whoa. That is that is quick. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is really quick. Damn. It's two weeks. <laughs> are you uh are you just gonna like pound nuggets and do burnouts in the day woo until you move? Uh there is a I'm doing a track day this weekend, a two day track day. Uh in the day woo, so we'll do some high speed shenanigans. It may or may not explode. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, what's the over under that it makes it to day two? Man, I don't know. The turbocharger <laughs> may actually fall off of the engine in all seriousness because <laughs> it was definitely done in the backyard with a welder um yeah it's sketchy as hell it's uh for those in the know you guys could probably even the people that are not in the know would probably realize this is a bad idea it's a factory cast iron manifold with a factory cast iron turbo <laughs> i've and definitely then, seen that done before uh, yeah, two pieces of cast iron just welded together without any proper precautions or preheating or <laughs> or special anything. The only consolation is there's a lot of weld. I mean, a lot of weld. 
So, so, maybe so, good. just so listeners know how bad of an idea that is. One time, my dad, when I was somewhere, I don't know, like around ten to thirteen years old, found this little like smoker barbecue thing, like made out of cast iron, and the bottom grate was broken in half. And he took it to a friend of ours who welded and said, can you weld this cast iron back together? It's just a grate that holds wood chips or coals. And he's like, no, that wouldn't work very well. So go on, Kenny. (laughs) But anyway, we've been driving the car for about six months pretty hard, and it hasn't fallen off yet. So... It's more of just a backyard, funny, hilarious thing. Uh, and, yep, many times in life, the dumbest shit you ever do and the cheapest stuff you mess with is sometimes the most fun. And this is definitely one of those occasions. <laughs> so it's a pretty awesome car. That is that is really awesome. Yep. Uh, so anyway, I'll report back uh, if it goes well. We will see. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that come into account as well. Cause it's never done. It's done a bunch of autocrossing and all that stuff over its life, but it's never done a full blown track day with like, you know, high speed braking repeatedly and high speed pulls on the straight repeatedly. Does it just have stock brakes? It's all stock. Yeah. Everything but, I mean, but the turbo is stock. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it has a little bit stiffer suspension and it's been completely gutted. So it's like 500 pounds lighter than stock maybe, which helps a lot with brakes and all that. So um, I think it's going to be okay, maybe. <laughs> it's going to be okay right up into the moment that it's not. And yeah, then you'll be like, yeah. oh, it's not okay anymore. <laughs> uh, hey, you guys talk about stuff. My sushi's here. All right. Um, oh, boy. Uh, let's see. So not much is new with me since we recorded last. I rode, I guess we recorded like almost a week and a half ago. And I rode my bike a bunch. Um, I knew my dad was going to come into town uh, a few days ago and I was like, well, I need to ride a lot. So I rode a lot and it, it was really hard. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm like really tired from riding still, um, riding and then partying with my dad, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, my dad came to town for the first time, so I didn't ride the last couple of days. We, we hiked twice and we drove around and looked at the stuff and just saw some cool stuff. So it was pretty fun. Um. Yeah, so I did some touristy stuff with him, and uh, Kenny just said he worked his last day. I don't know when that's going to be for me, but I have a feeling I'm approaching it, so uh, I've got to do some calendar work with my boss and figure that out. Uh, and we, it sounds like I've planned my first real thing I'm doing in Wisconsin so far. So, Oh, man. What's oh, the first man. thing? Uh, Shaquamaga 100. If you go to the so here, are you going to do the race? Sh- sh- no, that's not the race for me. <laughs> Shaquamagan one hundred is like here's a drop bag, good luck. So that's not for me. Um, that's okay. That's not my version of a hundo. Uh, but there's some. If you're coming to town to do the check one hundred and you want to do some pre riding and a little shakeout ride and and maybe have a beer, uh, that's something I'm going to do. I don't know how it's all going to work out yet, but I'll be there. Um, so yeah, there's that. It's it's on the air, so it's out there. Um, that's really really it for me. Andrea got a new bike this week. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. So yesterday, um, if you go to so just a little uh, shameless self promotion as we are want to do on the JRA show. 
Um, if you go to Facebook and you look for Andrea Wilson dash Brickhouse Racing, you will find my Facebook page. Um, I don't post much on there, so follow it. Uh, I'm not one of those obnoxious people that puts up like a million YouTube videos and um, follow my YouTube channel and look at this and look at this and read this shit. It's really like when I post on my blog, I put a link there. Um, I also yesterday put a link to the Team Gates Carbon Drive album that uh, was posted yesterday from a visit to the Gates Carbon Drive headquarters in downtown Denver. I went there yesterday to pick up my new team bike, uh, which is a spot rocker. Um, It's fucking awesome blue. I love that it is like this really great blue color and not something boring. It is Laguna Seca blue, for those in the know. It is matte Laguna Seca blue, actually. Yeah. And so I've got that, and I picked up... Hey, Andrea, is that the color of that... um, Oh, shit. I don't remember the BMW designations, but the E46 M3, I think. Was that Laguna Seca blue? I think so. You, you can look, just look about? it up on it. Look up the Spot Rocker single speed oh, okay. on the uh, on the Spot page, and it's it's there. And it's I mean, your computer screen may on my computer screen it looks a little bit more fluorescent than what the bike actually is, but it's it's awesome. Like it's a really nice, bright without being obnoxious blue color. So I'm really stoked about it. Um, I picked up my drivetrain. Um, so I'm really new to belt drive stuff. Um, but the, uh, Ben and Mitch. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller. So Ben and Mitch at, uh, at Gates, they went through, uh, with me and one of my teammates, uh, Brad, who's basically, he's like my male counterpart. Um, he's just, he's like fast with tattoos and probably owns jorts. I don't know. Um, but we're, uh, we're new to the team when we went and got our bikes and our drivetrains and, uh, it's, it's exciting. Like, it's really cool. I've got an RS one, uh, courtesy of SRAM going to be trying that out. You know how we've always been like, Oh, I want to try an RS one, but I, I don't want to have to like, you know, make a big investment on that. So I get to try out an RS one this season. Um, I've got a quart power meter for it. Um, because nothing is cooler than a steel single speed belt drive with the power meter, right? So uh, it's yeah, that's fucking crazy. Is it just four by um, uh, four by one hundred four or whatever? Yeah, the bolt yeah, pattern? it's just a, and they're they're working on. So if you go to the Team Gates Carbon Drive Facebook page, um, you can see I've, I put a couple of pictures up. They're starting to do direct mount, or they're prototyping some direct mount stuff. Um, so right now they have a race face cinch direct mount set up on a frame in their bike room. Um, and there's pictures of that on the team gates, carbon drive page. Um, they've just got like stacks and stacks of this, of like all of the belt drive stuff. And it's so cool. Like there's pictures of it on there and you should look at it because you see it and you're like, Oh my God, there's so many of them. Um, it's just cool. It's like a library of belt drive components just on a shelf in the room. Like it's, it's just really, really neat. And, uh, so I've got the frame, I've got the drivetrain for it. Um, 
got the fork. I really I'm waiting on a set of wheels. I ordered uh, a little bit late. Ordered my wheels from. Uh, I'm gonna do some stands <clears throat> wheels with the uh, Neo Ultimate rear hub. Um, Industry Nine doesn't have the predictive steering front hub license, I guess. So I I didn't want to do a mismatch set of wheels, so I I didn't do Industry Nine this time. Um, I'm a little bit apprehensive about that because I'm afraid I'm going to miss the engagement, but the Neo ultimate hub has pretty good engagement. Like it's, it's relatively fast. So hopefully Are you doing uh, the Valor carbons. No, I'm not. Um, it was like a $500 difference to between crests and Valor carbons. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So I just, and it was like, I don't know, 120 grams difference and the crest MK threes are, three millimeters wider or? i've been riding the crest they're pretty nice i'm on the mark threes and yeah so far so good yeah i forgot the uh the valors are pretty narrow internally aren't yeah they? they're 21 which isn't yeah, awful but it's I, I i i just feel like they're going to update that wheel soon and if i spent i'll bet you they will I, if i spent that money and they updated it i would just be unhappy you know so I just got the crest. Um, I mean, it's still a really baller wheel set. You know, it should be under sixteen hundred grams. I think the weight um, that they that was kicked out on the stands custom wheel page was like fifteen hundred and fifty grams or something. Yeah, my crest Mark threes with Aero Lights thirty two hole uh, with nine hundred trim hubs was fifteen hundred even taped and valved. Yeah, I think the SRAM predictive steering front hub is a a little bit heavier than. You're, and you're probably not on. You're probably not on air lights. I would assume either. No, they're going to be some kind of. It's some kind of fancy butted like one point eight to one point five sp- uh, supreme spoke. Um, so it's it's like a little skinny spoke. I'm going to have to. I oh shit. I didn't put in like the order comments. Like send me a handful of extra spokes. What are they, Supreme CX rays? Uh, laser, I think. Oh, I don't know. I can cut you all the spares you need. All right. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So I'm waiting for the wheels. Uh, I've got. I, I'm. Oh yeah, that's uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. I'm. I'm gonna go with a set of I think the level ultimate brakes, the SRAM level ultimates. I was shopping. Um. Just kind of like shopping brakes. I was looking for something light because it, it's a steel frame. So it's going to be heavier than any other single speed frame I've had. But it's still a single speed. It's got nice parts on it. It's going to be relatively light, but it's not going to be like 18 pounds. So I'm looking for lightweight stuff. Um, and I'm looking at brakes. And I'm like, huh, XTR brakes are a little tiny bit lighter than the level Ultimates. So... How much do they cost? So just newsflash here, and it's it's fine. Like, we can say this. Like, you know, normally people don't talk about what stuff actually costs that's not retail. Uh, wholesale cost is what Andrew's referring to. Yeah, like wholesale cost on XTR brakes is $200. So if your bike shop goes to Quality Bike Parts, which is a major distributor, they have to pay $200 for a set or for a single XTR brake. And the retail for a single brake, a wheel is 280. So that means to outfit your bike is going to be 560. 
and they're going to have $400 in it, meaning they'll only have $160 in margin. Right. So there's that. Um, and as I was looking for like prices and weights, I just Googled XTR M9000 brake. No, no. Be fair. I oh, said, yeah. How I much said, is it on Chain Reaction? Is it cheaper on Chain Reaction? And so I looked that up. On Chain Reaction, that break is $139.99. No tax, no shipping. So I can literally save $60 as a shop employee ordering stuff at cost. So granted, I could go to Shimano's website and go through a bunch of like educational modules and answer a bunch of questions and like prove that I have knowledge and maybe get a little bit closer to that price. But even I even the think- employee purchase price is not going to be as cheap as just buying it from Chain Reaction. Right. Which is so, just bananas. Yeah. So even at like their largest employee discount I couldn't get the brakes that cheap. So I did tweet to them. Um, I tweeted to Shimano MTB. I said, uh, hold on, I'm just trying to find it so I can quote myself. Dead air. Oh my God, we got dead air here. I'm a shop employee. Should I purchase the XTR M9000 brakes on QBP for $200 or from Chain Reaction for $139.99? And Shimano replied back, Hi, Andrea. We're sorry, but aware of the situation and working on this at the moment. Thanks for your feedback. And I asked yeah. them, they've been working on it for like five years. When They're are you not doing have a fucking, fucking answer? shit about it. Not at all. Like, not even a little bit. Because I remember that happening when I worked at Outdoors, which was 2010. It has been, it has been this bad for at least four years, if not longer. Right. So they can fix it in one week and yeah. they choose not to. Well, and and then just riding along tweeted to them, uh, maybe your people should talk to SRAM. They seem to have a handle on it <laughs> because nowhere on the internet can you find SRAM stuff for more. I mean, you can find it maybe a little cheaper than what you buy in the shop, but you're you going to find some weird stuff. You're going to find some OEM pull off stuff with no boxes like that happens. Um, but you don't have just like a major retail website exactly. selling it for like way 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 under what anyone who works in a shop can purchase it for exactly and sram's really gone around i mean you know the reps have gone around and, and really driven the point home that they're trying to shut down all the weirdness and all the loopholes and all this weird stuff where oh, where retail means retail and yeah you know level the playing field and um, you know, I'm not saying there's still not going to be tiered pricing for wholesale for someone buying, you know, a million dollars worth of stuff. That's fine. Um, but holy shit. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't sell stuff retail for less than the average dealer costs. Like that's just, it's yeah. just ridiculous. We've talked about it a thousand times, so I don't want to, yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't want to, so bore that is why, it, like, but. I know we've like, I, I have, I have my doubts, like avid breaks have been bad. I don't think there's really anyone like that could disagree with that. There are definitely there are going to be people who are like, oh, I've had this set of of elixirs, uh, elixir CRs since they came out, and they've never given me a problem, and I don't even bleed them. Um, there's going to be that person, but they've had a bad history 
and we're all aware of that. Shimano's have historically been more reliable. But God, just fuck Shimano. Like, they are just fucking everyone in the shop over. Like, they can go to hell. So, you know, and I, and so far the level breaks have seemed like they are going to be much better than what's been out in the past. So I'm definitely going with those. Yeah, I've been on guides for mm, year and a half. Almost, you know, probably two years now, actually. In fact, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had two years on them. Are you ever having any problems with the pistons coming out, like, not all at the same rate? Like, unequally, unevenly? I would say that the the pad spacing and pad piston retraction, all that kind of stuff, like in the caliper area, seems to be pretty decent. But I've got kind of a weird set of RSCs. And I say weird set. It was the first gen. The new gen has a different caliper and different pistons. Like, it's all totally different stuff. Uh, I actually really like mine. It feel, has a great feel to it. Um, the only problems I have with mine are at the levers. They're very creaky and squeaky. Um, like, they just kind of groan when you when you actually apply pressure to them. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, they just make kind of funny noises. It's kind of a like a plastic-on-plastic can you like drip a little triplo in there or anything? I probably could. I haven't messed with it, um, okay. but that's just something I've noticed. And also, I've noticed that the and it could be a caliper related issue. I haven't really looked into it to be honest. Uh, the my rear brake, especially the lever, doesn't really snap back the way it used to when it was new. It kind of it'll hang there for a second and then pop all the way back. Wasn't there some kind of like a a warranty issue with the? Uh... Oh gosh. I should have. I should have looked there, into that. There might be. I I don't know. Um, it's it's been getting worse the past few weeks. Actually, I just I've really noticed it. So I can see it's it's technically probably out of warranty. I mean, I can't probably get upset at them about it, but I can give them a call. They're usually pretty helpful. So yeah. we'll see. But long story short, is my guides have been in in my book plenty reliable. I've got many 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 thousands of miles on them. I've gone through a couple sets of pads, I think, and um, <laughs> it, it was. Sorry, I'm just I'm just laughing because it's like many thousand miles in Memphis. There's only a couple of sets of pads, and that's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, I don't touch my brakes. <laughs> yeah, you don't use your brakes. It's cool. Well, I, and I got something for that too. So go on, Kenny. Oh no, I'm just saying. Uh, I think I've been through one set. I think I've been through one set of rear pads, and I'm about to go through a second set. And I think maybe. The fronts are getting low, but I don't think I've ever replaced the pads in the front. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're bigger pads, too, on those brakes. They're the quad piston ones, so a little bit longer. Uh, I'm running 170 mil rotors front and back, and, yeah, they've been really solid. They they make good modulation, good power. Um, they don't make any goofy noises, like, while you're braking, other than the lever kind of squeaking a little bit. So, yeah, long story short, I've been pretty happy with them. I just put a bunch of tie hardware on them because um, I like to do that, like the little through bolts that go through the calipers and stuff and all the mounting bolts. So it's a pretty light setup. I think it weighs – it's lighter than the XTR uh, trail setup for sure, um, but not quite as light as the race. Yeah, yeah. And those are the ones I was looking for. I have I mean, I've run the XTR the race brakes for though. a while, and I like them. The um, levels are good. I put a few of those, uh, a few of those on customer bikes. I don't have any bikes that come with them from the factory yet. Yeah. So I don't really have a great comparison there, but I have put a couple on uh, customer bikes, like I said, and they've been fine. 
the lever shape is different than at least my version one guides. Yeah, they're really like a little the bit guides. like shorter and they're stubbier. Really sh- well, they're, uh, I like the, these are actually more shaped like the XTR uh, trail lever. They have a really similar feel to that. They've got a nice little like hook that, you know, it's a really good locator for your finger. Like you really know where you're at and everything. Yeah. But the level seems to have a much straighter lever blade. And I don't think I like that as much. It's still got a little hook on the end, though. It does have a little hook, but it's like not. It's just got a different shape to the lever, and it feels funny to me for some reason. No, it's on as long as it's got the hook, and I can like, you know, hook my index finger on that. It's like hook on hook, and it's perfect. Is Kenny still there? Yep. <clears throat> so, I had to replace my chain well before I needed to replace my brake pads. Which is really funny to me. Uh, I usually go through. I probably go through two chains for every set of brake pads. Would be my guess. But do you have you a few on? A what now? Two chains, and I got me a few on. Oh, oh none sorry. of us listen to I your shitty rap music, Matt. Rap reference. <laughs> I listen to my shitty rap music, and other <laughs> listeners do. Because they've sent me links to shitty rap music, and I'm like, yeah, that's that fire. <laughs> um, oh, are we still recording? Uh, kind of. I mean, kind we of. were a few minutes ago. So just, just checking. I know there's that new, the new thing there. New 15 minute um, thing. I'm not that drunk. So uh, we did get a donation for this week from Mike from Vegas, darling. Sent in twenty five dollars. Uh, we nice. have some, we have some questions. Do you guys want to tackle that shit? Uh, do we do questions first or new shit first? Um, new shit's usually after questions, but, but usually what happens is we get so tired during questions, we don't talk about new shit. Let's talk about new shit. Okay. I want to talk about new shit. So I'm just going to bring up a couple random things that I've seen. No particular order. Yeah. Um, so Easton slash race face, uh, cinch power meter. Yeah. So that happened. That's fucking awesome. I don't have all the details on it. What I can gather is they're going to make a 134 mil long mountain spindle as well as the EC90 road spindle, uh, the shorter one. So that's freaking cool. And from the pictures, it goes inside of the BB30 spindle, and the power meter is the spindle and not anything to do with the arms or the spider. Yeah, Other right. that was really cool. 65 so, gram weight penalty, 400 hour run life. That is. God. That, that might be fucking the game changer right there. That's so cool. If it works, you know, as long as it's... They claim 2% accuracy, and for those of you that haven't been following along, about two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, there was some company that was trying to make a insertable version of that that went in a Shimano crank, and it kind of went the way of the Dodo. It sort of disappeared. I don't know if that company quietly bought them and said, no, we need to build this into the spindle to make it more reliable, and... Boom, done. I don't know. If I don't know. I'm just not. really, I'm really excited about this though, because this can go on my mountain bike, and if I get a road bike, I'm going to get an EC90 crank as well. So, what I would love to see from Raceface, or I'm, I guess from Easton, more technically, is a subcompact spider and chainring setup for this bike, or for that uh, crank set. What do you mean? Um, so you can run 4630 chainrings with subcompact. Oh, okay, what is what is subcompact? I don't even know. Is it a different bolt circle? It well, thirty is like your or 
sorry, 34 is about as small as you can go on a 110 BCD. I believe so, yeah. And six, well, there's like, who is the company that makes smaller ones? Wickworks or something makes a little bit smaller than that. It's a what, a 33? Yeah, it's, it's barely anything, but it is smaller. And you can only have about a 16 tooth spread on chain rings uh, for road. So, spread. Spread so I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at a four bolt situation right here on this picture. I don't know what the heck it is. Like on the main page of the Cinch Power Meter, they're showing an EC90 road crank with a four bolt setup. I don't know if that's like maybe Shimano spacing or what the hell that is. Maybe I can look into that, figure that out. I think that's going to be a really good option. Another really good option. Uh, well, no, it's it's totally different. Never mind. Praxis and Four Eyes are teaming up to make a really affordable subcompact power meter option using their Alba crank with a Four Eye power meter attached with a uh, again subcompact BCD. So, um, is it I, gonna? It's gonna be smaller than one ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, God. I, I'm a little wrong on it, but it the way that it's going to work is I think your big ring and your small ring are independent. Okay. That's how Andy's Sagino XD90 crank worked. I think it's XD90. Yeah, I might be wrong there too, but he had a Sagino crank and the little ring uses a different BCD than the big ring. It's essentially like a <clears throat> an adjusted chain line for you to use the inner ring of a triple and the middle ring of a triple instead of using the, you know, a double right now is the outer ring and the middle ring moved over towards the frame. And the way Sagino did it is they moved the inner ring and the middle ring away from the frame to correct the chain line. You know, so you have a, a really small BCD that bolts directly into the back of the arms for, I I have this quote I want to read. Um, it's off of bike rumor, but it's, yeah, it's obviously it's the race face press release. So it's from them. And this is another example again of like how in the past we've been like, this is something that needs to change and this sucks. And people are like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And we're like, no, we do. And now like they're quietly kind of like accepting the things that we've bitched about in the past. Raceface says claiming to add just 65 grams to the crank weight. The power meter is built with a special algorithm that can differentiate between impacts and actual pedaling which race phase says was one of the most difficult facets of the design. So all those times that stages has been like, that doesn't exist. You're crazy. Here's race phase saying that does exist. It was hard to deal with. When I took a stages factory tour, the stages guy told me that Richie rude can't replicate power spikes so blah, blah, blah. He pretty much told me the fastest enduro rider in the world can't replicate power spikes. So don't bring that bullshit to me. And uh, two of the three days at Moab, I had power spikes. So fuck you stages. Fuck I, you right in your fucking I, asshole. I had power spikes during Moab Rocks also. Um, I was using a stages power meter that was given to me because it was really old and clapped out and not being used. Um. It had power spikes, and on my last ride, it died. It just quit working. Like, I put a new battery in it, I don't know, probably fewer than 10 rides ago, and it's dead now. So I'm 
I'm assuming it's not the battery. I'm going to try a new battery just in case, but it could be all the way dead. Um, I know stages are very, very, I don't know, tempting to most people because they're like, well, it's a power meter and it's not too expensive. And, you know, they sponsor some people and this and that. Like, we just haven't had good experiences with them. I want you to go to the store. I don't want you to buy Coke and a big K Cola. And I want you to drink a Coke and a big K Cola. And then I want you to tell me stages is just as good, but half as much. <laughs> so moving on, what other new shit have you seen, Kenny? Uh, yeah, so the power meter thing I thought was really cool. I know there's a lot, a lot, a lot of those Next SL cranks around, and I'm seeing yeah. more of those Eastons. So that is really cool. That's going to be really neat, I think. Um, but at the same time, you know, we still really like the Quark stuff. And Quark, of course, you can get, you know, the XX1 Eagle stuff. And so there's definitely awesome options for the mountain bike, but it's just neat to have that one more. We'll see if they can execute it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat. There's no, I don't know if being in that spindle is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. If, you know, water is going to be an issue, um, you know, but there's no things hanging off. There's no spider um, there's nothing, there's seemingly nothing delicate outside. There's nothing like frame clearance issue wise, like stages has, um, you know, that has to go on the inside of the arm. So anyway, that's really yeah, cool. I, uh, I'm really excited about that. <clears throat> so that's all I got on that one. So another one is the, this is all fork stuff now. Uh, so the Fox 32 step cast gravel fork. Oh God. I didn't think we were going to talk about the gravel fork because it was so dumb. Uh, I don't think it's dumb. I mean, it's just, it's a gravel fork, you know, it's, uh, I think there's people that are going to want them. I have a really strong opinion about that. Of course. I do. (laughs) Really? Is anyone surprised? I'm going to let Kenny finish talking first. Yeah. Yeah. I think of all the forks out there so far that I've seen, I mean, it's a proven chassis and, you know, right now it is admittedly, they say it, it's a modification of an existing fork so they can make it better and lighter and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but right now it's just a step cast 32 with a chopped down air spring, like the shaft of it's just shorter. And then they just cram a whole bunch of spacers in the air chamber to make it actually ramp up correctly. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's just a step cast 27.5 mountain fork that you cram a 700C 35 40 ish tire in there and boom so i don't know i don't personally have any problem with it if uh you know it's only available in a 46 offset right now which is kind of a bummer but here's a here's an idea you could just take your hardtail mountain bike do you know how much it weighs the stepcast 32 no the fox yeah how much is the stepcast well, I mean, the, the 27.5 version, shit, if I know. I think the regular one's, what, 1400 or 1350 So I'm going to guess 1250 I don't know. You Someone Google that. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to see if I can get a Stepcast 27.5 weight. Like, why don't you just air take, spring. Why don't you just take your really nice now, mountain bike? You, take your, your very nice I'm mountain bike. I'm about to bike. blow everyone's fucking head off. Just, like, have a super lightweight hardtail. And then put some narrower tires on it and be like, oh, look, I got a gravel bike. Yeah, I guess for me, the only thing that would make it, the only reason you'd want a gravel bike in my book is to have a bike that's properly fitted for drop bars. So You can just ride a flat bar. I mean, if you're going to have a fork. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you want to ride drop bars, then you get a gravel bike. If you don't give a shit about drop bars, then just ride a mountain bike. No, You're You're like, I want this drop bar bike to be like a mountain bike except with drop bars. 
Well, yeah, basically, that's a gravel bike. You just nailed it. <laughs> that's so dumb. No. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my okay. thought. But Okay, here's my question. I'm going to give you two options. Would you rather have <laughs> 700 by 35 millimeter tires with 40 millimeters of travel or would you rather have 29 by 2.0 millimeter tires at zero millimeters of travel? 29 by 2.0. Kenny, do you have an answer? Mm, tough call. It depends on the terrain. If it's pretty, if it's pretty easy terrain, I'd rather have the faster rolling tire with the suspension. If, because you're always going to get a better ride quality um, out of a little bit of true suspension with true damping than you will ever out of a tire. I have, that's why. I, that's why I fucking hate rigid fat bikes. I think they're, you know, I mean, unless you're riding slow on the snow and that's it. But if you're actually trying to ride trails, they just bounce around, and it's just I hate them. I can tell you from experience in a lot of gravel riding miles on a rigid mountain bike with 29 by 2.0s, that is a wonderful, wonderful setup for riding a But I think bike. we've given people an alternative to this, which, and you're exactly right, which is why not build a nice light bike? It also, I mean, the argument for the mountain bike is that's going to be rigid. It's going to be more reliable because there's no suspension. Salsa cutthroat. That's where I'm going with even, this. It might even be lighter. Salsa cutthroat is the answer. I don't know what that is. Uh, Salsa makes a 29 by 2.0 drop bar touring bike uh, built around a 73 millimeter bottom bracket shell. So it's designed to work with a mountain bike crank and you run mountain bike crank, mountain bike front derailleur with, or front derailleur. I don't know. I'm a little shady on that. It's basically, it's the, uh, it's like the carbon version of the Fargo. It's a carbon Fargo. Correct. So um, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, that that would be really awesome. Um, I mean, that's and, what everybody yeah. should do for a gravel bike. To be honest, is why don't you just make why don't you just make a proper drop bar mountain bike, and then you can run whatever damn tires you want and whatever fork you want. Yeah, because I don't think like in Matt's example of asking you which would you rather ride thirty fives with a fork or two rigid. No one who's that serious, who's so serious about gravel riding that they're buying a fucking fork is going to ride 35s. Like, that's not the cool thing to do if you're on a gravel bike. You ride 40s or 42s or 45s. Like, you're like, I'm going to buy the biggest tire possible because I'm riding some gnarly gravel. Right. And I want that Stepcast 32 for my road bike. And my, <laughs> my answer for that also is going to always be that if it's bumpy enough, you need suspension. You need more than fucking 35 millimeter tire. Now, if Fox decided to actually send me one. I would, <laughs> I would say, no, don't do that. I would like you to take what you would make from selling this fork and pay a customer service rep to do their job for a week. <laughs> um, so with that said I'll never ride the Fox AX4 and somewhere like three years from now somebody's going to dig up you know NBR episode 897 or whatever this is going to be like oh eat this dick you, you have one now uh. 
and fuck you, whatever, like fuck you to the future. But um, <laughs> like, I don't think that's something that's, that's going to be a real thing. I don't think it's going to take off. And I think the fact that they even launched it as a pet project is just totally out of form and out of like tradition of Fox and any suspension company. This feels like a fucking Reese racing, like, oh, it's our 27.5 by 4.0 compatible 29er mountain fat bike off fork. Like, cool. So you cobbled a bunch of shit together. You want a fucking cookie? Like, no. Because this goes back to what we said. We don't want a pike shrunk down to 120. I want a pike made that can't go past 120. Oh, I know what I want this fork for. Think, no, oh, yeah, build, we haven't talked about the new pike either. Well, there's 60 millimeters of unused steer tube or unused upper in this. You know, like all this shit adds of course. up. Like, yeah, well, I mean, they obviously need to make it. They can make it a hell of a lot lighter if it was purpose built around, you know, yeah, a, 40, what's the, a 40 mil setup or 60 mil setup or whatever they choose. But what's the point? Like, I'm. The point is, I'm going to buy one for my. 27.5 2.4 inch tire titanium uh bar bike it's going to go on the front of that for sure <laughs> can we talk about the uh the lighter the so lighter yeah bike? this is going to be probably a big topic is the new pike because i got all kinds of neato all kinds of neato stuff on it because so I'm sure they you did, guys too. they did drop some weight from it, and I think it was a significant uh, what, like 150 grams lighter. 150 grams. That's so what now we asked it weighs for. about the same as a Fox 34, correct? Uh, it may arguably. I haven't weighed them side by side. I have a feeling it's going to in the real world about it might be 50 grams lighter or about a wash. Yeah. The the pike might be actually 50 grams lighter, but it's heavier with all of the customer service you get with it over Fox. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean there's it, all kinds of neat gems about. It. I'm just going to start nailing off a few, and then you guys can fill in what I'm missing. So we hit the fact that it's 150 grams lighter, which is really cool. Um, there's all kinds of small little uh, tweaks here and there. It's got a new charger two damper, blah blah blah. Uh, the 29 version, I believe, has been docked down 10 mil in max travel. I think you can only do 120 to 140 now on the 29er. Uh, that might be where a little bit of the weight savings comes in. I'm not positive. Uh, I think most of it's in other places. But uh, what else? There's going to be a 29-plus version that's going to be available, I think, in 100 and 120 mil travel uh, that's properly made for a 29-plus. So that's very new. And probably something that a 29-plus would need is a bigger chassis fork. So like, I think that's all good things. I don't like 29-pluses, but whatever. There you go. So if you go buy a a Trek stash or something, go buy one of those forks. It'll be pretty awesome. I'm sure they make a 29 version and then the 29 version can fit a, I believe, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I think a 2.8 or no, it can fit a full three inch 27.5 plus tire in it. Or of course your regular old 29er, uh, boost only. And then there's a 27.5 version. And I, I think the 27.5 version is still wide, and I think it will accept a 2.8 27.5 plus tire. I so didn't I guess, get into the details I think you, that much. You have you know? varying. You have three different main chassis, I believe. You've got a 29 plus chassis, which is going to be the tallest axle of the crown, and then you've got a 27 point 
or sorry, then you got a 20 regular 29 chassis, which is the middle uh, axle of crown height. And then you've got the shortest one, which will be the 27.5 regular, I think. So you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I might be misreading stuff, but that's what I gathered when I first read it. I'll get and, some emails about how wrong we are. Don't worry. It's all and I'll good. delete them promptly like the other <laughs> shitty emails. But just know there are going to be multiple different chassis, and you can do fun things with this now where you can tune the ride characteristics of your bike with the axle of the crown of the fork and still be able to fit a tire. You probably have two chassis to choose from per tire size, basically, which is kind of neat. So I think what you can do, and you know, RockShox is going to tell me you're going to die, but you know, I'll tell you if you're smart, you probably won't die. You can probably put a regular 2.2 to 2.3 29er tire in the 27.5. Oh chassis. my god! Um, and well, because it's a, it can fit a 27 2.8 plus tire in there, uh, and it's going to be close. <laughs> no. But if, if you Just want don't. that super low axle crown, go for it. Don't be scared. Just, just know that we don't agree with what Kenny just said. So the thing to mention, open. the thing to mention here is there's a big difference between clearance in the crown and clearance at full bottom out on the bottom. I'm talking about full bottom out. I'm saying you have to check it, and I'll actually try to do this at some point. But um, you know, for, gonna... I'll give you, I'll give you an example. The Fox 27.5 plus fork. Uh, Fox says don't put a 29 tire in it, and you can do it. All day. I mean, when I say all day, it's fine. A 2.2 Ardent at full bottom out, there's like 20 or 30 millimeters of clearance between the tire and the ground. It's all good. I think the pike's going to be a little tighter than that, but just throwing that out there. (laughs) All right. Um, What else have you guys heard about that fork? That's it. I, I honestly don't care. It didn't it didn't tickle my I saw it come out and I didn't I like had zero I still want like What is what is wrong with you? So I, I think that's cool, but I still want like the Pike XC or Pike World Cup or something where they're doing like some more carbon bits on it, like maybe carbon steer tube, carbon crown, like Matt said, like one twenty you know, one twenty is the max travel. Like I want it would be a amazing. Thirty-five they, mil chassis cross-country fork. If they made a World Cup version of that, I mean, if this one's one hundred and fifty grams lighter, if they did a World Cup version with a carbon steer tube and crown and one hundred and twenty mil max travel, and you can go down to a hundred on a twenty-nine er chassis, like a regular twenty-nine chassis, yeah. uh, that thing would be at least another one hundred and fifty or two hundred grams lighter than that. I mean, it would be like scary. It would be yeah. awesome. I know. That's that's. That's what I'm looking for. Like, they've done the first step. Like, keep on going. But the Pike is more awesome. Unfortunately, especially the 100 mil travel forks, like, they're going away pretty much. Like, you know, they're going to. What? No, they're what not. What are you talking 100 about? 100 mil forks are going to be relegated to, like, you know, you're going to get a recon and that's it. Everything else is going to be broke. <laughs> that's not why, that's I mean, not that why you this, have, like, the that... new Sid and the Stepcast. <laughs> they're all going away. Next year, they're going to be discontinued. Kenny, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> my new set is fucking awesome and oh, oh another thing uh, there is oh, a God. charger to drop in damper upgrade for almost all rebas and sids that are oh over. yeah and they're gonna it's lockout compatible too i don't give a shit about that i just want to drop a charger damper in my 120 mil reba that's really cool because i on like on 
every hardtail. I don't care as much on a full suspension, but on hardtails, I fucking love a lockout. I have to sure. like. I, I have to have a lockout. Hardtail single speed. You're allowed to have a fork lockout. I'll tell you this. That, I rode. I rode that Yeti five five, and I wish it would go full lock. And the oh reason- yeah, the Fox thirty six doesn't have a real lockout. No, you can just you can adjust the compression damage. I wanted crown mounted, or I wanted handlebar mounted dual lockout for that bike. Yeah, I was like, I there was something in the trail I wanted to jump, and when you jump stuff, you need your suspension all the way open. Well, to jump it, I needed to go a lot faster. How do I describe this? You go around a right hand corner, and you're going X speed. Well, to jump something, I need to be going about two X speed. And it's one of those things that you could jump. It just wasn't really designed for jumping. It wasn't like poorly built. It was just like, I'm going to send it, brah. And <laughs> going to be a good day. Going to be a good day. Just woke up from a nap. Going to send it. <laughs> you got to um, put a link to that in the yeah, show notes. I definitely am. I'm writing that down right now. Um, and I pedaled out of the corner like full fucking watts. And it was just like five and a half inches of travel sucking up your pedal, brah. And it's like, well, this sucks. I wanted to jump this going a lot faster than I went. And so I've got a solution that's not a lockout. And it's an e bike. Oh, God. E mountain bike. Is there a way we could just like shut Kenny off from this recording right now? (laughs) No, seriously, we're not going to get me all pissed off drunk about e bikes again. So we're just going to move on. (laughs) That's not a real fucking thing, and it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> okay, next question. Next new thing? That's it. That's There's no more any All new right. things. Matt's pissed off about e-bikes again. How um, how long have we been recording, and how many questions do you want to answer? Uh, we should answer a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was one more new thing I wanted to talk about. The uh, Cane Creek Helm Fork. It looks cool. It does all the stuff a fork should do. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately I don't see it taking off because there's such a stronghold with, you know, rock shocks and Fox that it just, I mean, it sounds cool. It got and the bike rumor actually did a really awesome, like technical review of it. Like that's one of the, usually bike rumor is just where I go to see like all the company's press releases. Where's that, that pictures? Um, but if you, yeah, it's just like you get to see pictures of new shit. Like companies, when they're ready for a product to be released, it's going to be on there and it's it's just there. Like it's just a thing that's there. Like I, I go to Bike Rumor because it's just easy. Um, but they did do a, a super good technical review of the Cane Creek Helm. So if you're wondering about that, I encourage you to go and read about it. Like it's, it's actually a, a very good article. Um, so that's more of like a kudos to bike rumor for doing a good technical article instead of just like regurgitating press releases. Um, are you sure it wasn't Kane Creek that wrote the article and sent it to him? It doesn't seem that way, but that is possible. Well, it doesn't seem that way because we've never heard anything from Kane Creek. Cause it's like, Oh, a headset. It's a bearing. What's the press release? It's a bearing. Oh, yeah. Cool. Here's a bearing for your bike. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good. I, I encourage everyone to go read about it. Um, I'm not going to get into it too deeply here because they did a very good job of doing all the technical information and initial reviews and everything. So I, I'm not I'm not going to go through all that 
right now because we have listener questions to get to. I've only hated another host of Mountain Bike Radio more than this moment when they talked about e-bikes. But the second moment that I've hated the most is when you've made me write down something that I have to link to fucking bike rumor from Mountain Bike Radio. (laughs) So listener questions, rapid fire. Pew, pew, the gun's going off. Uh, Tom from Ohio. Um, he has a link to something from eBay. It's not really a question. Um, the description was terrifying and funny at the same time. Best <laughs> gift to your friends. High quality carbon fiber so you can use it relieved. And his question is, who writes this shit? What? Um, that was, that's part of the description for the, Carbon Racing Road Bicycle Handle Drop Handlebar 318 by 400, 420, 440 millimeter. You save $1.90. It's only 3608 US dollars. Wow, a carbon handlebar for $36. $36 for a road carbon bar? Features comprised of, or comprised of advanced carbon construction with the special design, the carbon fiber handlebar can save for a long time. The carbon fiber <laughs> handlebar is made of high-quality carbon fiber, so you can use it relieved. This quick disassembling carbon fiber handlebar is easy to use and one of the best gifts to your friends. <laughs> so quick disassembling. This motherfucker turns into paper at some point. Oh, man. Man, that's rowdy. Unique ride quality. I think that's the feel of your face dragging on the pavement. <laughs> Please allow one to two centimeters differences because of manual measurement. Oh, One to two God. centimeters, that's a big fucking difference on a bar. <laughs> that's like the difference between like everything being cool. What and is that word on there? Where? I don't Carbon. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Fucking cuckold. I don't know what it says. <laughs> and it also says the end of the handlebar is 31.8. This is like the fucking like. <laughs> There's a picture on this website that. It's an arrow that is delineating the diameter of the... The inner diameter, the most technically. The inner diameter of the end of a carbon road bar being 31.8. And for those of you out there that, big as shit. that don't know, 22.2 would be the external diameter where the shifter clamps on. So from the end of the bar, at least to the like where the bend begins to like go around towards the handlebar is going to be 22.2. The Thompson KFC bar was one of the first bars that was 31.8, kind of like all one of the first bars that I knew of that was 31.8 from the clamp surface all the way to where it starts to bend to go towards the shifter. So, yeah. Uh, Shit's weak. So, yeah. Um, God, I want to see what other. I could just like finish the show by going and seeing the just other reading products other they pages have. on there. Do they have any non bike products on there? Uh, fishing rods or I don't know. I don't use eBay enough. Like baby car seats. I'm not like eBay friendly (laughs) enough to know how to like, ooh, here's the seller. There you go. Oh, let's go to their store. While you do that, can I read a Twitter question? Uh, Yeah, that kind of messes my shit up though. That's okay. Chris Beendorf at C Beendorf on Twitter says, I'm trying to get into full suspension. Wondering what your thoughts are. Meta AM 4.2 versus Stumpy Comp 
six fatty. $2,200 versus $3,000. I'm just going to say, like, normally when you're talking about a full suspension bike, get the most expensive one you can afford. Jesus Christ. What? That's true usually, isn't it? So one more time on the bikes he's looking for, Stump Jumper. Stumpy Comp 6 Fatty. Is that is that like a... Is that slang for stump jumper or is that some other brand? No, I'm six not aware fatty of? stump jumper six fatty is twenty seven five by three point oh compatible. Um, and the Meta AM four point two. I heard the best thing at work today. Your wheels on your trail bike are way too fucking wide if you can dent them one side at a time. Funny. This this place sells everything. Um, it's actually scary. <laughs> what other do they have? Non bike products. Uh so starting at the top, air gravity feed spray paint gun cup pot six hundred milliliter <laughs> fast mover threaded connector, smart oh, electronic man. code keyless pad security entry door lock plus eleven RFD card tag, twenty five <laughs> pieces two inch fine grit roll lock sanding cleaning conditioning roll lock surface discs. Genuine Briggs Stratton gasket flow bowl seal repair Nikki carburetor. Oh wow! Jabo cross flow wave pump CP dash forty maker wave maker aquarium fish coral US. Oh yeah, that's enough of reading Chinese shit on the internet. If people are not, hopefully every adult out there is aware of the fact that there are Chinese things all over the world and buying straight Chinese shit with no quality control whatsoever for a replacement for a nice part is probably a bad plan. Like it's not probably a bad plan. It is a fucking bad plan. So, you know, choose your, choose your China shit wisely. You know, if you're going to get some like Velcro straps for something, then like maybe that's fine. Maybe not, you know, to hold together part of a, you know, spaceship. Uh, but you know, if you need a Velcro strap for something and you can buy a hundred of them for 10 bucks from China, uh, you know, maybe that's better than 10 times the price for some other product, but, but you probably shouldn't buy the three bicycle products. God, please just don't, just don't do it. Or the pneumatic air hammer bit that could shatter and knock your fucking eye out. Yeah. So just, yeah. Be an adult. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. It's not true. <laughs> I will say about this guy's bike choices, um, the commensal. So what's that other one? The what's commensal that? meta and the specialized stump jumper have the same fucking suspension. Like, I don't know how specialized hasn't sued them for having the same suspension. And except that I guess like, I don't know, single. I think it's that specialized doesn't just, have any patent on their suspension. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. So. I guess as far as ride quality goes, there's probably no difference between those two. Um, if I mean, we're gonna on, if we're gonna continue just for this episode, since we hate Fox so much on this episode, um, the commensal does have a RockShox suspension on it, front and rear. <laughs> all right, we have more questions. We're gonna move on. We're just not gonna answer his question as to what he should get. Oh, of course, neither of them. The commensal is not going to have a really good warranty, and it's going to be hard to get service. And the six fatty is a piece yeah. of garbage. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. Like I had a customer in the store, and he's like, "Well, I'm running on a on a fuse. He's the specialized twenty seven five by three point He's like, "I'm running fifteen in the tire, and I can only run twenty, and I'm like pinch flatting the tire and denting the rim. What should I do?" And I'm like, "And Levi looked at him and said, "Man, they made twenty nine inch wheels that fit right in this bike." <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's that. Well, the commensal, I don't think, is a plus. Then there you go, it wins. Okay. Yeah, my my initial smart-ass response was wrong then. My recommendation, if you're plus curious or whatever you want to call it, is it's fine if you have a frame and fork that can, like, fit the 27-plus stuff, but I would just get it set up 29. And you can always dick around with it later, but just get the 29 stuff. It, It just works. Word. All right. What's our next question? Isaac from the internet. God, this is really annoying how often I have to say keep recording and double check it. Um, Hello, Matt, Andrea, and Kenny. Your episode from Inside Your Race Tent was awesome. Thanks for that. I have a giant dropper post that is stuck inside my giant, giant Trans SX 2014 carbon frame. I've soaked it in lube, tried the hot, cold physics grab, and it's still stuck in the frame. I've twisted the seat hard enough to the point where the seat post is turning with the dropper post, but the outside casing of the post is not moving. I took the seat off and started to hit the post with a dead blow hammer, and it's still not moving. How do I get this thing off? Thanks. You all rock. Isaac M. Um, I don't know. So at my shop, we have this uh, chemical mixture that we made. It works really well for metal bikes. And I asked around and I was like, do you think you could put this in a carbon frame? And everyone's response was, Ooh, I don't know. And I don't want to find out. Um, it's a mixture of automatic transmission fluid and acetone. And that's how I got people see post out so far. Luckily, like with really good results, but I don't know about pouring that in carbon. Um, yeah. You I, could take the bottom bracket out and put small amount of explosives in the seat tube. See if that works. <laughs> put the bottom bracket back in and then detonate the charge so the bottom bracket's like full and it like blows the post right out. You got it. How many grains of powder should I use? <laughs> uh, all of them. Like 40 grains, 50 grains? All, all of the grains. Yeah, go, go get some... Uh, Go get some Pyrodex and uh, and fill it up till yeah. it won't fill up anymore. Would I want to use modern black powder or, or modern powder or black powder? <laughs> you want that smokeless, man. <laughs> smokeless, so modern powder. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I probably need like just a tiny bit of fast burning cannon fuse, right? Yeah, yeah, probably like one inch. We'll probably do it. Cool. So light the one inch fast fuse and then start threading the bottom bracket back in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, I don't have a whole lot of advice. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's got to come out, I mean, it's a situation where you might as well just try some aggressive shit because it's just going to be stuck in there and you can't use it. So you might as well just go for it. Just be careful. My advice to you would be, be careful where you're holding the frame. You know, when you're doing all this kind of stuff, if you can do it, take everything off the bike that you can. And basically, I would just trash that seat post at this point. And I would clamp that thing in a vice or soft jaws or something like that. 
and have the bike upside down and do it that way where you got a nice good grip on the frame and you got all the fork and wheels and all that stuff off of there and you can just uh wiggle that around i've had to do that a few times to people's bikes yeah and that's how i got um jake's he posts out of his visago which was i had the wheels off and i was using the head tube as like my handle um yeah exactly and you know this is going to sound a little odd but you might leave the even if the seat post is turning you might put the guts you know you're going to have to clamp it on the lower portion of the dropper in the vice you might leave the guts in the dropper so the post doesn't crush as far you know if you if you somehow disassemble the post and then clamp it in the vice you'll just crush it right down like leave the the post that the part of the post that drops down in there so the outside portion doesn't just like collapse in on itself. Sure. But yeah. Shit's going to get rowdy. That's for sure. You might lose that bike. But you'll never leave a seat post without moving it for 3 years again. That's for sure. Yep, bare minimum once a year. Seat post totally out, clean it, regrease insert all right uh we have something we need to talk about off air kenny remind me about that when we're done okay i'm making myself a note also Um, how much more questions do we have i don't know that was such a bad statement how much more questions do we have how much more damn questions we got many (laughs) ultralight Easy disassemble carbon bar. Many questions, no answers. $36.08. Relieved. You use much relieved. Our uh, question make feel good you a lot. Chuck V. Hi, looking behind used trail bike. Figure out should look at carbon <laughs> or aluminum. Wondering some notable differences and thoughts them. Carbon's going to be a lot lighter. Yeah. More durable. If you can afford it, carbon's baller. Just like they said, lighter, stronger. Usually it has a longer warranty. No, used trail bikes. Oh. So if you could buy used carbon or new alloy, I'd buy new alloy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be care- Beware of the third owner Hellcat. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't buy a used carbon trail bike. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a used trail bike. Just in general, I'd, I'd buy one from the right person. Like if you know the history of the bike, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, there's I did always just that sell, chance. I just sold if the Mach six. It's a riding buddy, or yeah. a local person. Uh, maybe you have a, a general idea, like friend of a friend situation, or hey, this guy. Yeah. I would say here's a um, here's a tall boy that got you know ridden five times a year or whatever, and and just put away. You know, go for that. But um, yeah. I would say, yeah, don't, don't just buy one like off of pink bike from a stranger. You know, someone bought the Mach 6 for me, like a listener bought the Mach 6 for me for his wife and the Mach 6 was in great shape. Like it was seriously just really, really in good shape, but that's kind of like buying it from a friend. Um, in that, like, just because I'm like someone you listen to on the internet all the time and someone who's kind of out there, like I'm not going to sell shit to you because then you're going to get on the internet and be like, Hey, Andrea from JRA, like fucked me over and sold me this clapped out bike that she lied about. Like I, I just couldn't do that. Like I, you know, it's just like some Joe Schmo off of pink bike. Who's going to like 
sell you uh, the one that we had this week was a Da Vinci and the uh, actuator assembly on the bottom of the Easton post was just like mangled. The guy's like, yeah, my dropper stopped working. I pulled it out and it's just like in pieces. So, you know, you get shit like that when you buy bikes from strangers. Yep. Are we ready for the next one? Sure. I was reading more items that they have. Waterproof dog, cat, pet seat, cover protector, hammock, blanket, mat, rear, back. <laughs> I just I love reading that. Uh, Chris on the internet says, ah, the lovely turkey warble of contaminated brakes. I'm running Shimano XT's M785. The front brake warbles in dry conditions, particularly when braking at low and moderate speeds. Pretty sure the brake got contaminated. Oddly, it doesn't warble at high speed. For the rotor, I usually use rubbing alcohol. In an older episode, did you mention using automotive brake cleaner? If I use that, do I need to sand the rotor? As for the pads, the easiest thing to do is drop in a new set, but my old set has 75% of the pad left. I'm sure Kenny will recommend using fire, but would sanding the pad accomplish the same thing? Thanks for covering this topic again, Chris. So, Kenny, other than fire, how can you fix this? Mm, You can't. New pads. Well, it depends so on up, the level of contamination, you. right? Um, I have never, ever, ever been able to fix a contamination issue with pads, with any cleaner or solvent or anything like that. Not saying someone else hasn't. I haven't. I've tried a whole bunch of different ways. I've tried one way on that Shimano sometimes pads, works. It never fucking works. But the one thing that really does work, and uh, you have to be careful and it's your call, but hey, the way I look at it is you got contaminated pads that you might want to throw away anyway, so you might as well try it. Um, if you are smart about it, it's going to be fine. Regular blowtorch is what you want, like hardware store blowtorch with the you know regular blue bottle. Don't get like map gas or an oxyacetylene torch or anything stupid, um, and don't use like a hand lighter. It's got to be just propane, regular blowtorch. Uh, and they have to be metal-centered pads. If they are not metal-centered pads, they will catch on fire and burn and decompose, and they don't. It doesn't work. Hold on, book uh, aside. I once had some resin pads with some fire, and they made this funny, like different smell. And I was like, "The garage smells really bad, and this seems unsafe." And I like, like, put a towel over them so they like choked out. And like, I was like, "Man, that was that was probably wrong." Yeah, there you go. So I mean, it's the same smell of like burning a clutch in a car. <laughs> if anybody's familiar with that, uh, I'm serious because it's the same. Uh, most clutches are that organic compound, uh, so that's that's where that smell is. It's kind of that burnt electronic smell. Um, so, I guess maybe I'm weird. I've smelled both those things a lot, so I don't know what that means. Uh, but anyway, metal centered pads and then direct heat on the actual pad for probably. I mean, just use your common sense on it. Like, put it on there for a little bit, maybe. Five or ten seconds, pull it off, kind of see what it's doing. You want to see just a, hopefully you'll see a little bit of smoke wick off it. That's usually those contaminants actually burning off. Um, and just give it a shot. Uh, and that works very well for me. Again, metal-centered pads only. Uh, the heat sink pads, uh, it will work on those. But just be careful because when you start getting those suckers really hot, that anodization will turn a kind of a weird brown color. So just tread lightly on those and, like, do a little bit. Pull the heat off, check it, heat back on, et cetera, et cetera. Check um, it for that, what? Like put it back just make in sure and it's listen not, for noise? Uh, no, no. Just make sure it's not like 
you don't want that thing red hot, for example, right? Like that's not going to be good. And I'm saying if you got the aluminum, uh, those aluminum heatsink pads with the metal centered material, like the factory 785 brake comes with, um, if you get those things super duper hot, because I've done it, they will turn brown. Like the black anodization will turn like dead brown. It looks like shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, does it actually affect anything? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. But um, if you don't want your pads looking dookie brown, then then don't get them too hot. So give it a shot. That works. And do the rotor too. And just make sure you're not pointing the flame at your bike or any other melty parts. Uh, but you can get the rotor nice and hot. Like, don't be scared about the rotor. You, if it's just a straight metal rotor, like all steel, uh, you're going to be fine. If it's an ice tech rotor, be a little bit more careful with that for sure. Um, but you can get them pretty damn hot. I mean, you can damn near on the steel rotor, you can have the propane torch on it as you rotate it for probably a solid minute. Uh, get it nice and hot. Uh, but try that. Heat's the only thing I've used that's ever worked. I have um, something that has worked that's not blowtorch heat. Um, so at the shop occasionally, it doesn't always work. And it's just, it's kind of the same thing as putting a blowtorch on it. It doesn't always work, but you can do it with organic pads. Um, is saturate the pad with rubbing alcohol um, and then take the bite and just do it like one, one break at a time. Don't do both at the same time. Um, go outside and lightly apply the brake and ride it around with the brake. And basically you're just heating the brake up as much as possible just by like dragging the brake and riding it around. And Oh, I want to mention one other thing is this <laughs> just so people don't do anything stupid. Uh, you're doing this like pad on a vice or on something not flammable. Uh, this is not in the caliper. If right, you do it right, in the right. caliper, uh, all kinds of ridiculous probably, bad shit will happen. Please send us so. a video if you light your caliper on fire. <laughs> yeah, individual brake pad out on a metal surface. Uh, that's how you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, this you you just take a spray bottle of alcohol and just spray it into the caliper. So just because the caliper's fine with alcohol, the caliper's not okay with fire. So um, just saturate your pad with alcohol and then go outside and just ride it while you just hold the brake lever as much as you can and still ride it and just ride and ride and ride and ride. Like you have to do it. Like it's, it's kind of exhausting to do it, but ride it a bunch until it's nice and hot and then kind of like go through a bedding in sort of process with the pad, like then start riding it more normally and see if it still makes noise. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Or sometimes it'll only be like, at a certain speed and brake pressure um, rather than all the time. So it usually changes something or it just doesn't work at all. Some that happens too. Next question. <laughs> 23 year old from Arkansas. Uh, he, he sent me an email back. Uh, his name is, Oh man, I got a bunch of emails today. Um, Grant M. from Arkansas says, What's up, crew? My name is Grant. Oh, it's right there in his email. Jesus Christ. I'm a 23-year-old college student at school in Northwest Arkansas. I ride with a good, strong group of dudes. End up at the back of the pack getting dropped, getting stronger, blah, blah. Uh, my question is, what do you recommend for training off the trail that can improve my speed and endurance on the trail? I know there's no silver bullets getting faster. I'm willing to put in the work to get stronger. 
I started going to 6 a.m. cycling classes, but it's too early to tell if it makes a difference. I know the best way to get better at mountain biking is to mountain bike, but I feel I need something to complement it. I've learned a lot from the show and listened religiously on my long drives to see my lady in Alabama. I know y'all ride here sometimes, so next time you're in town, hit me up for some nugs. Chicken nuggets, not not weed nugs. They're not legal there. Not going to do that. P.S. Andrea, I've gotten many French fries stuck in my nose somehow, and I'm so glad finally here to hear it happens to someone else. Um, so this is where a lot of people are going to get really upset, but you don't ride your mountain bike to get faster. What? If you want to be faster on the mountain bike, you ride your road bike. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm literally looking at a photo of Chris Plesko right now on his mountain bike getting faster. You got it then. You you understand how to answer Grant's question. Is he riding on a rocky piece of northwest Arkansas single track or is he riding on a fucking gravel road? Yeah, I know. I know. You can ride your mountain bike wherever the fuck you want to ride it, but you're going to ride it like a road bike. That's how you get faster. You go out and you pedal for an hour without fucking coasting. That's how you get faster. You don't go out and pedal, stop pedaling, go around a corner, pedal, stop pedaling, and go through a rock garden, pedal, stop pedaling, and wait for a hiker to come by. You get in the street and you pedal hard for a fucking hour without stopping. That's how you get faster. And, you've, and when you've the got hour some stuff gets in... easier, you do an hour and a half. And when the hour and a half gets easier, you do five fucking hours. That's <laughs> how you get fast. Uh, the uh, northwest Arkansas area does have a good bit of gravel grinding type uh just gravel roads and they long work climbs. on pavement. They work anywhere. If you're in college and you're in town, ride around on the street. Yeah. It's, it's good for you. Yeah, you know, like interval training is just the way to get faster. I know I said like I'm looking at a picture of Chris Plesko right now. Well, he's doing intervals. So and like we talked about last week, um, when I said to get faster on your single speed, you need to ride a regular mountain bike. He gets faster on his single speed, but he does crazy shit like holding his rear brake while he goes downhill so he can keep pedaling. Um, but the point is, in all of these situations, you have to keep pedaling. So you have to ride, even if you just ride your mountain bike, it's got to be um, sustained. Like You need sustained pedaling efforts. Um, interval training is very good. Long intervals, like Matt said, of an hour are good. Shorter intervals, like 10 and 20 minutes are good. Really short intervals are good. Like celebrate all of the intervals, um, but just do them and you will get faster if you do them consistently and you recover. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like it's boring. That's the thing. Like I have like a really, uh, yeah, I have a lot of like, I have a ton to say about this but like it's you know lw coaching can answer it better than i can of how do you get faster but the reality is is you put in a lot of hard work Mm, yeah my my advice is just hours like 10 hours a week you got you got to figure out a way to do 10 hours a week at 23 testosterone is like raging through your body so try five hours or seven hours even like but the thing is is you're 23 you have to ride five to seven hours a week and then not get fucking hammered afterwards yeah, you can't do the usual college student shit. If you want to, like Chris Plusco is just like the best case study in like HTGF, how to get fast. Like Chris Plusco, how to get fast. Like, oh, he's sitting in the recovery legs or the elevated legs recovering every night. He's like 
riding his bike with a purpose a good bit. He's eating all he needs to eat so he never goes to sleep hungry. Like, I mean, he's doing all the right things. And if you want to be fast, I mean, you're at the right age where you can start to make these life habits where it's common for you to do the things that lead to you being fast. And you need to acknowledge that you're not going to be fast next week. You might be fast next year. Um, I've been riding for a long time and consistently riding a tiny bit more every year. And I'm finally getting to a point where I'm like, wow, I'm doing pretty good. Like, so yeah, just, I mean, work at it, but don't expect overnight results and do have a good bit of fun. I mean, that's the only way to keep doing it. So does anyone need to add anything or can I go eat cereal and go to bed? Cereal sounds good. Thank you for listening. And just a reminder to go over to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR if you want to support the show and make sure that all of this keeps rolling. So thank you and have a good day.